This is Brian Kaplovitz, and you're listening to the Speaker Match Radio Series, Success Strategies for Speakers from the Pros. This is a live show where we interview top experts in the speaking industry and business to provide emerging speakers with marketing strategies and other business building advice. If you're listening live, you can participate in this call online right now by going to speakermatch.com slash radio. Good afternoon, everybody. This is Brian Kaplovitz, your host. And our guest today is Kenyon Salo, who is a Speaker Match member, a professional trainer, and a speaker. This will be Kenyon's second time with us. His first program aired back in January when he offered us a roadmap to five-figure speaking income. And that was a really great interview. I highly recommend you check it out if you missed it. And you can find this recording in our archives at speakermatch.com slash radio under the replay tab, which is where this, the recording of this event will be as well. As some of you may recall, Kenyon's MO is making big jumps, both in his speaking career and as an adventurer. He has over 5,500 skydives and over 450 base jumps. <laughs> it's pretty impressive, huh? Um, but he, uh, he he's dubbed as the James Bond of speaking and keynoting, which kind of you know goes along with that adventurous spirit that he has. And uh, just like uh, 007, who uh, likes uh, likes action, he is uh, he he shares actionable items that allow his audience to walk away feeling powerful and ready to take on the world. And on today's call, we're going to be talking about how to 10 times your bookings with powerfully engaging video and deal-closing website branding. And we'll get into the details of what you need to know and how you may be missing out on the most important tools to level up your speaking game. Welcome, Kenyon. It's so great to have you with us again today. Hey, Brian, thanks so much for that introduction. I really appreciate you having me back on a second time. It's truly wonderful to be able to serve you and the Speaker Match community. I really do appreciate your time. And uh, like I said before, the the first talk that uh, you had with us was great, got a lot of really good response. And this one is – is definitely bringing in some information that we don't cover here very much. I don't don't know uh, if I have actually covered this topic. And so I'm, uh, I'm excited to learn a little bit from you too. Um, Perfect. Before we, uh, we get into the content, um, can you tell, uh, tell our audience a little bit about how you got started in the speaking business? Yeah, it'd be wonderful. You know, for me, speaking has been something that has been a thread through my entire life. If I look back, you know, if you watch America's Got Talent and you see the young kid who really has that talent of singing, they're they're just amazing and they've got this natural ability. Uh, for me, I am horrendous at singing. I just have no ability to sing. But speaking, communication, and understanding how to teach has been something that I've understood and I've brought throughout my whole life. In terms of my speaking career, it was one of those things where I started speaking and training back in the um, 2008-2009 range, and then I really fine-tuned everything. And once I had the platform, which is what a lot of speakers I know that they're looking for, it's like, 
they want to speak. They say, hey, it's leadership or team building or motivation, inspiration. But they don't have the platform. They don't have the message yet. And that was the same for me. And then about three years ago, I landed on that platform and message and then really started to drive it home. And so I've been putting a lot of energy into making that leap. And that's really where that first teleseminar that we did together back in January came out of that 500 to five figures within less than a year. And that happened about three years ago. And that was the big jump. So yeah, that's been my journey throughout my whole life. Wow. And how did you, uh, how did you kind of navigate the landscape and figure out how to get started and you know, how to begin promoting yourself as a speaker? For me, it was really just getting online and seeing what was going on and then making some connections. And I, I did, there's always skill and luck involved with everything with business. And we work at our skill all the time so that we're around and available when luck shows up. And then luck shows up and we show them that we're ready to be able to take on that challenge. And, and that was the same for me where I had honed the skill and I had really had it dialed. And then all of a sudden I got a phone call one day from a speaker bureau within Colorado. And they said, hey, I'd heard your name a couple of times over the, the past week. I thought I should give you a call. And, and we chatted and we had this opportunity to say, hey, yes, I'd like to come on board. And so that was like the door. Like I was walking down the hallway and then a door opened. And I was like, hey, what's this door? And that was my first opportunity. A little bit of luck showed up, started to learn about the industry. And again, remember getting paid 500 and thinking it was the greatest day ever. And then realizing, wait a minute, that's the lower end for speaking and, and look at the possibilities. And then when I saw the possibilities, that's where it just, it was like a, a total floodgates opened knowledge. I just started acquiring and figuring out how do I tap into that. And sure, the money was the thing where I saw it at first. And then when I flipped it and said, how do I help as many people as possible? And we allow the money to be the guideline or I guess the scoreboard to how well we're doing in helping others. And that's really when everything changed where I just said, look, it's just going to be a scoreboard and I'm just going to help as many people as possible. So a lot of speakers that go in with that, uh, that basic premise that they would like to help as many people as possible uh, go in with the idea also that they don't care if they get paid, especially at the beginning, and they are out there speaking to small audiences and speaking for free in many cases or for the chicken dinner. Did you do that circuit and approach it that way at all? Well, I believe that everybody needs to practice the craft and that we all have to start somewhere and we all have to start in the, the lower leagues and work our way up to the major leagues. And I certainly had that opportunity uh, for many years. For me, I, I was in a network marketing company and then I started doing phone calls for a lot of the millionaire leaders. And then what I look back at now, I realize I had done uh, 350 one-hour phone calls over the course of four years and those were training calls where I would not train on the I was not training on the topics of the product I was training on personal development I was training on business and sales and leadership and motivation and inspiration all the stuff I I teach now from the stage and so I had that ability to practice for 350 hours but I also had to plan for those so you can at minimum double that 700 hours 
of, of this where I had to do it for free. And I did all of those for free. And it taught me an enormous amount about the ability to be able to communicate, teach, and get the message across in a certain amount of time and do that on a weekly basis. And so you were doing that on the phone when you moved to uh, the next level of being in front of an audience. How did you kind of convert that traffic to uh, to live audiences? Well, and that was that luck where the door opened and I got my first stage. And, yes, I was paid for on that first stage. And I did a bunch of those where it was, you know, a couple hundred dollars here and there. But I knew that when I was coming into the game that I had um, the skill sets um, to be able to get paid at least something. So I wasn't taking anything for pro bono. Uh, instead, I was saying, hey, you know, a couple hundred dollars, five hundred dollars, and we'll be good to go. And that was the value that both was good for me and also the event planner. All right. Well, um, as I mentioned earlier, the main topic today is to increase your bookings, you say by 10 times, by using videos and deal closing website branding. So I'd like to get a little bit more into that aspect of it. Um, if people, uh, we, we talk a, a lot on this program about using uh, marketing in your speaking business, how, and, you know, how important it is to make sure that you have systems in place and that you are con constantly marketing your speaking business. And we talk a lot about offline marketing and getting your information in front of people. Um, and definitely people that are just getting started, especially are interested in doing as much online as possible, mainly because it's not very expensive. And you have taken that to really uh, a level that most people don't take it to. Um, most of your marketing is online, correct? That is correct. And I get 80 to 90% of my bookings from inbound marketing, meaning that they come through my website and or referrals from events to another event. All right, well, let's get into that a little bit. How do you get that traffic coming to you? And, you know, what do you, what do, you do to engage that traffic and get, those, uh, get that traffic to turn into bookings? So let's start anywhere you want to along that path. <laughs> Perfect, Brian. So I'll set the stage here, right? So really this is the scenario with what's happened within our industry and with what's happening with how content is delivered. And I often speak to a lot of speakers who are saying, okay, the craft, what is it about the delivery? And the delivery for me during a 60 or 75 minute presentation comes down to the fact that I will be utilizing video during my presentation. There's four spots both um, throughout my presentation where I'm using 90 second on average videos. And they're highly high quality, uh, super edited videos that are really going to grab the audience in a way, whether it's visual, um, whether it's cognitive, or it's emotional. It's something that the kinesthetic people are going to feel. I feel that video is such a powerful thing. And for us, the way, for us as speakers, the way we're delivering is what it's all about. And you, won't, you know this for sure. 
that most people won't watch a 20-minute video, or they used to in the past, but they won't watch it now. But what they will do is watch 15 two-minute videos. And Instagram one-minute stories has shown that. YouTube videos that are two minutes long have shown that. We see it on Facebook all the time, the short videos, that prove that people will continually watch these short videos. And I knew how powerful video was and where it was going to go within our industry. And I feel that there are speakers that are keeping up with this, and then there are speakers that are getting left behind or speakers that don't understand and they haven't considered how powerful video is, both on stage but also for their marketing. And so when I thought about that, I said, well, what's the difference here? And I started looking at speaker site after speaker site. I started looking at profile after profile and going through. And first, I saw a lot of videos that were still from the 80s and 90s and early 2000s. And I'm thinking, okay, first, I know that if I make a brand-new demo reel, I will be ahead of most of the market. Second, I realized that with the power of video that you constantly need to update realizing that my speaker sizzle reel and my speaker reel, which are two different things, that those were going to need to be updated at least every six months. And if I was going to update them every six months, how was I going to do that if I didn't have the content? And so what it came down to is I had to have the content by having someone, a director of photography, come with me to every single event that I did. Because I realized that every single event would provide new stages, new backgrounds, new content, new possibilities for testimonies, all, excuse me, all kinds of uh, wonderful B-roll footage outside the event and different ways of really showing me authentically so that that would come across video. And so that was the first big decision I made that was I'm going to put marketing dollars and part of my budget into having a director of photography at every single event. Okay, so these videos that you're talking about are all videos that you are producing. That is correct. And these are videos that you're using in your presentation. Are you using them in your marketing as well? There are clips for sure because what happens is what we really have to think about as speakers is that we're building a library of moments. What does that mean? That means everywhere you go in terms of your speaking engagements or every stage that you're on or any particular scenario, you're getting that filmed and that produces a moment of content and that moment of content then goes into your library. And then you build from gigs to terabytes of library footage of like, look, here's you laughing. Here's an audience member laughing. Here's you on stage in a very powerful moment or here's a scenario where you're interacting with the attendees off stage. You're building these, this content library, which then allows you to make these montage video uh, marketing material pieces that then can be used to showcase your skill sets. And of course, all of us have a particular skill set because whatever we're teaching or sharing from stage is in our authenticity. And so those very things need to be showcased also. So for me, I love sports, and I love action, and I love adventure, and I love helping others. And so we've, we've captured this footage of me doing those things, whether it's jumping into the Denver Broncos Stadium for the skydiving events that I do, or it's those scenarios where I, I go and I donate to the homeless. Those have been captured on film, 
and then we use those as we intertwine those to tell the story and or the stories from stage, and then they come across in video. So that's what it's about. It's about building the library of content, of moments, of what you're trying to express. And how well? How exactly do you use that video in your in your branding? And what kinds of uh, video do you put in front of meeting planners? How do you go about deciding what to show them? You know, how does that work in marketing and branding? Yeah, that's a great question because there's often like, is there one video that serves all applications? for all potential buyers and or bureaus or agencies? And the answer to that is almost. And what that means is that you can have a video that in a scenario, 80% of the time is the type of video that you will send out. What we realized is that there's no perfect one video. And first off, there's the sizzle reel, which is kind of this like, it's like a hype video. It's you doing your thing, and you're on stage, it's your best moments, it's those best lines, it's the best laughs from the audience. You might intertwine some of your lifestyle footage of you on the beach with your family or you doing the thing that's authentic to you for how you speak from stage. That's in the sizzle reel. Think of it again as a hype reel. It's that thing that gets somebody fired up and they go, wow, this person's amazing. We should bring them into our event. Then there's the speaker reel. So understand that there's a difference between sizzle reel and speaker reel. The speaker reel, old version was, here's my hour presentation, 60 minutes. And then the, the next version down from that was, here's seven to nine minutes, or it was like the 15-minute reel. But nobody has time for 15 minutes to watch something through. They're going to know in three minutes whether you're the speaker or not for their event. So the speaker reel is about you on stage showcasing your talents on stage. And ideally, it can be a montage of best lines, but also it can be you telling one story. And the story is chopped up a little bit, but in a sense, it's the storyline. And so we know the power between the sizzle reel, which will also have testimonials in it, and the speaker reel, which is void of testimonials, void of all that like hype up stuff and it's really just showcasing how powerful you are from the stage and so those two videos are the main ones and then the third video that we absolutely focus on is what we call our recap videos and we can get into that because i as i mentioned earlier i bring a director of photography to every single event so that we can shoot the event and then turn around and do a two to three minute recap video that's specific to the client that then they send out to all their attendees post-event. That's a great idea. And what are some of the benefits of sending that out to their attendees post-event? This, this is the key thing, and this is where I realized when you talk about the, the title of this, 10X Your Booking. Every time we step on stage, that's a potential that it might only be a one and done. But the hardest thing to do is get the first booking for a new agent or a new client or a new stage. Once you get that first booking, your job is to show up on stage, be amazing, do what you do, and have the audience wowed and have the event planner wowed. 
The thing is, from there, you have this opportunity to multiply that by one event, two, three, five times. I'm in six generations on some of my events, where that means that from the first event, I can link back and connect the dots from the sixth event. So basically, I know exactly where it's coming from. This one led to this one, to this one, to this one, all because of the system and the process. So very simply, here's what happens. So before every single event, we have a template video that's 90 seconds long. And then in that template video, we add an additional personalization that goes out to the client. And so what happens is I'll say something like, hey, it's Kenyon Taylor here. I'm super excited to be a part of your event. Make sure to bring your A game and that you're ready to play at 100%. We're going to be going over some stuff. And I basically tie in a personalization that I'm saying their name and what the event is and what the date is. That gets sent out to the client prior. So now they send it out to all their attendees, and the attendees are thinking, wow, I really want to see this person. They want to see me. They say, this is great. I can't wait. I'm going to show up. I'm going to make sure I'm on time. They, they, they can see that it's professional. They can see that the quality is there. They already have an idea of what it might be like to hear me speak. Then during the whole event, my director of photography is running around and he's shooting footage. And we, we basically go over, we storyboard, like any great movie or commercial or TV show, they storyboard it. So we talk about like, hey, when I'm on stage doing this point, let's get these shots. Um, Kyler knows my events pretty well that he, can, he knows when the laughs are coming or when the tears are coming or when the aha moments are coming. So he and I work as a team. He'll shoot the whole event. He'll understand and he'll get these faces of laughter and maybe a tear down the cheek or these just you can see the intense focus from the audience by what they hear me saying. And so then we'll edit this video and then the video will be about two to three minutes long and I send that in a thank you email back to the client. And back to your question, which is how does that help? Well, I let them know that they can use that video for anything they want. They can use it for social media, future marketing, and I definitely want them to send it out to each of the attendees so every single attendee will be brought back to that moment on stage. It's a great refresher to say, hey, remember what we talked about? Don't forget it. I don't want them to just leave the conference on a high and then get home and forget about it or get back to their workplace and not have that tool anymore. So now they have this video and they remember it and they go, yes, that's right. I'm going to stay on course. I'm going to remember what Kenyon said and they're going to do that. Here's the other part of the marketing side of things because integrated in that video are some testimonials that we get from the event planners and some of the key attendees. That becomes a marketing piece because if there was anybody in that audience that was like, wow, this person is amazing. Kenyon was amazing. I need to bring them to my workplace or they have a connection because we never know who's going to be in the audience. Now they have a marketing tool that they send to their boss, their advisor, somebody higher up, somebody in the marketing department, or they say, hey, we need to bring them in for this division of our company. They can now easily send that link and that recap back to that person, and they go, hey, look what they did for our company. It's no longer a generalized sizzle reel or speaking reel. It is a 
marketing piece that is directly associated with their company, their brand, their messaging with me on stage, and they say, yes, you can clearly see he does well for um, our, our mission and who we are and serves our attendees the way we would love it, and let's bring him in again. And that's how you start to multiply your speaking engagements using video. I want to remind our listeners that uh, this is obviously a live call, and we love to have interaction. Um, it's a great opportunity for you to interact with an expert in the industry and ask questions that relate to you personally because uh, you can get an answer from the experts, you know, and this is a great time to do it. Uh, you can dial star 2 on your keypad, telephone keypad, to raise your virtual hand, or if you're using the web call interface, you can dial or you can click the raise hand button. I hope that it works. My uh, my web interface looks like I have about 140 people here, all named Ray from Glendale, California. But hopefully, uh, that uh, that's going to work if you have a question. So please uh, do click to raise your hand if you'd like to speak to Kenyon and ask him anything. Uh, relating to uh, to any personal circumstances that you might have. And, uh, Kenyon, I do have a question submitted online. I'm going to guess this is from Ray, but it, uh, uh, we'd, he'd like to hear a little bit more about how you, uh, how you do deal closing uh, with website branding. How does that all fit together? Absolutely. So this, this also ties into the power of video and what you're going to be using. So the number one thing that happens with website branding is if somebody hears your name and they think, hey, potentially we could hire this person, they're going to look for you online. And when they look for you online, they're going to find your website. And when they find your website, they're only going to be there less than 90 seconds. So it doesn't matter the amount of content you have or the amount of every single bullet point you put all over your website and everything else, or you have... 500 videos or whatever it is, here's how they feel when they land on your website. If you are a $5,000 speaker, your website better say that you're a $5,000 speaker. And I'm not saying the listing price. I'm talking about within 30, 60, or 90 seconds when somebody lands on your site, does it feel like the value is there, that this person is definitely worth $5,000 for an engagement or $10,000? Think about if you went to Disneyland site, you would say, yes, this type of company is a place that I want to spend thousands and thousands of dollars on for my family vacation, as opposed to maybe a mom and pop uh, amusement park down the street. While they can be amazingly fun, their website might not convey how much fun they are and the price and the value is there. So that's the first and foremost side of things, that if, if – you are amazing on stage, and maybe in the past you've commanded 5,000 or five figures. If your website is getting left behind, you may be getting less and less bookings because what's happening now is it's no longer word of mouth. People are making snap judgment decisions when they go to your site and they say, yep, this guy's keeping up with the times, or this uh, person is making sure that their website is there and that they look professional and that it looks like something where they would write a check for that amount. Here's the second thing when it comes to websites. Testimonials are the number one deal closing in any business in sales and especially speaking. 
think about it. When you go to Amazon and now there's you're looking up a product and they've got 15 listings of this one product and you find the reviews and look, oh, let me see this buyer, this seller, and look, this they have a 1,000 reviews and they're all four and five stars and you read a couple of them and then you go, yeah, okay, I'm in. That's it. And you make the purchase. That's how it works for us is that testimonials are so important. And the testimonials have to come from a place of strength. But we also know in the speaking industry to get testimonials after an event is so difficult. It's nearly impossible. You send the event planner an email and say, hey, by the way, could you send me two or three sentences that says what your experience was? And they sometimes get back to you, never get back to you. You're like, oh, my gosh, they said so many wonderful things when I was standing in person with them. And now I can't get them to write two or three sentences. So here's the ninja technique. This is the thing in the power of video, and it's going to help all of you guys, which comes down to the fact that when you're at your event and when you have a, a, somebody that's filming your event, first and foremost, I know I'm going to get the event planner on camera. And additionally, I'm going to get a couple of key audience members. So you know when you jump off stage and a couple people come up to you and they go, oh, my gosh, your message was so great. I totally needed that today. I, I'm so happy you showed up. And you start to know, you're like, wow, this person would be great on camera. I simply say, would you help me out? And they say, oh, yeah, any way is possible. Would you go over to my director of photography and give him a, a short testimonial? Now, he's got four to five questions he knows to ask every single time. He asks the questions on film, and now we have it on film. This is what we do with it. After we get back to our offices after the event, we send that video out to Revit or Fiverr or Upwork, any, anyone you want to use, and we have someone transcribe those video testimonials into written testimonials. Now the written testimonials can be, po uh, uh, they can be posted on your Speaker Match profile. You have it. Oh, and Speaker Match also has the ability to upload the video. So you have that's a win-win, which not a lot of other listing sites have. So you have that win-win now where you post the written part, you post the video part, and then you also have video footage because one of the, the we have two testimonial reels on my site, and you can see that at kenyansalo.com, that if you go to testimonials, you'll see that we have event planner testimonials and we have attendee testimonials, and they're edited together to show three or so minutes of some of the best testimonials, and you get an idea real quick, yeah, people want to hire me. They say, yeah. This guy has definitely got the reviews behind him, and his website looks amazing, so he's worth that, that fee, and we're going to pay it. If you, uh, if, if you want to hire a video expert or if a speaker wants to hire somebody, how does that work? Uh, how are their expenses covered? How much do they cost? And... Uh, what what kinds of things do you look for if you're if you'd like somebody to come around with you and uh, and help you out like like you have your assistant? Yeah, for me, I always say hire a millennial. And what you what I caution you against hiring is some is somebody that has the feel of like okay, I do wedding uh, video. Okay, I've seen that at events. They're standalone. They are they're on a podium. Or, or a riser, and they're shooting the static shot from the back of the room. That is not what you want. What you want 
is a scenario of somebody that's going to move around the audience and they're weaving in and out, they're along the sidelines or they're backstage or the corner of stage or in the audience. That's the type of person you want. And there are so many kids nowadays in their early 20s, mid-20s that really want to make this their career. And by you giving them an opportunity to link arms with them, you're going to help them. And for me, I, I just take it out of my fee. I don't char- charge the clients any extra. It's part of my marketing budget. So they, the clients pay the regular fee, and then I pay um, my director of photography out of that. And so we have a whole set list that we know the amount of time we're going to spend, um, you know, 30 minutes doing the, the promo reel, and then we're going to unpack or, sorry, we're going to get ready for the event and storyboard it maybe for an hour prior. He's going to shoot the event. He does the event. We come back, and then he's, you know, a bulk of the time is the editing process. But now we've got the template of our recap edits down, and we're going to be outsourcing those. So his main job is to focus on the shoot. I pay for his hotel. I pay for his food. I pay for his airfare, and I pay for his time when he's shooting. So we've worked out a fee that works. One of the things he loves is he knows it's consistent business. I'm one of his larger clients, so he knows, and he's a he's a um, 10.99. So so it's not an employee. He can edit or shoot videos for anybody else he wants. But again, I'm one of his largest clients, and he knows in advance all the speaking engagements that I have, and it's been a great synergistic scenario. And what kind of work is involved in uh, in editing that video? And you know, does he uh, does he have certain things that he needs to pull out each time, or put things together for your website? What what other responsibilities does he have? So every single recap has its own uh, storyline to it. So each audience has a storyline behind it. We really want to make sure that the story connects with the audience. So what he's trying to do is make sure that he conveys the feel of the event so that when they watch the video, they can truly say, yes, that is exactly what I felt. That is exactly what I saw. That is exactly what I heard at that event when Kenyon was on stage. So, so that's what they want to do. And so every time he goes to that edit, he has to sit down and focus on it. And, yeah, it takes him four to six hours. It's getting, it's one of those things where we've had to fine tune it. And we talk every single week about how or what we want to capture on video to make it even better. So we're always adjusting ourselves. But first and foremost, is it some of the main things you want to get? Yes, you want to get you on stage. Second, you want to get audience members on camera, a lot of them. The laughter, the crying, the excitement, the cheering. Whatever you do in your presentation that the audience interacts in and it has some sort of visual emotion, you want to capture that on film. Because a microsecond of somebody laughing, it's a two-second clip, is so powerful in the end. And you're really getting into those moments. And anybody can see the recaps that we have on my website. You can go to media and you can look at some of the examples there. You'll get a great idea of what I mean by recap. And you'll get an idea of why Once it's very again, specific sorry, what is your to website? that event. Yeah, it's KenyanSalo.com. KenyanSalo.com. That's uh, K-E-N-Y-O-N-S-A-L-O.com. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. 
So uh, can you give us some tips about how to use videos from the stage in your presentation? You mentioned that you, you uh, have clips that you use and they're not too long. What else can you tell us about using those in your presentation? Mm -hmm. Because audiences are consuming content delivery differently than they did five years ago, ten years ago, as speakers, we must consider this. And, and what I mean is that in today's society, people are looking at YouTube, then they look at their phone, and then they look at their TV, then their kids come in, and then they read something out of a book. Like, it's changing. Their, their way they're consuming content is changing so fast that if somebody stands up and they stand behind a podium or a lectern for 60 minutes, that, you're going to lose that audience. You're going to lose them. So what we have to do is deliver content differently. And so I strategically use videos to give my audience a break. And what I mean by that is every, roughly every three to five minutes, something new is happening. They're hearing some information from me. They're laughing. Maybe they're doing partner shares. Maybe in a moment then, okay, I go over to video or I'm, I'm telling a story. Like all, they're, they're getting up and moving about the room. Every three to five minutes, they don't have a chance to pull out their cell phone and be bored. They're like, wow, something is happening. So in my presentations, I open with video. And so what I mean when I say I'm opening with video, instead of having the event planner do my um, introduction, they do a very short introduction. And the, what I ask them is I say, just tell the audience, share with the audience, why you hired me. What that does is it allows there's an intimate connection of why they hired me, and the audience goes, oh, this is great. They really are thinking about us as the audience members to bring in a speaker that's going to resonate with us. And then I say, why you hired me, and then say, please watch this video. And at that point, I play the video. It's 90 seconds long, and it's this introduction. It's the sizzle reel. It is the, like, get ready for this person coming on stage and the reason they're here is because of the audience and that they have the skill sets to be able to entertain or deliver the message for that particular day. Then I come on stage, I do my presentation, and then I've got three other videos that I show, and they're, they're timed about equal distance for a presentation, so roughly every 15 minutes there's another video. And what I said earlier about them get, giving the audience a break, a two to three minute video, three max, one of my videos is only another 90 seconds, is this that short moment gives the audience to have a mental relax where they stare at the stage and they get content from a video as opposed to listening to me. And that gives them a break, it resets them, and then I move into the next sec section. And then at that point, I end with a super powerful video, and that's my longest video at three minutes and 30 seconds. And that super powerful video drives home the points, and then when I come back from that video, it's only five more minutes and then I'm off stage. So it's kind of like the conclusion. And so those are, are very key, and we're always adjusting or re-editing those videos to either shorten them or fine-tune them or make them more powerful to get the message across in the shortest period of time. Kenyon, over the past several years, video 
online has really changed a lot. It wasn't too long ago that the only way to get video in front of a meeting planner was to send them your demo reel on a DVD. And right. uh, you know, people uh, people had a hard time playing video online. Sometimes they didn't have enough you know, bandwidth, but YouTube uh, came along and things have changed a lot in the past few years. And the way people are using videos on their websites has changed a lot in the past few years. Um, what are some of the things that you've noticed and, you know, how do you, uh, how do you use the latest and greatest technology on your website? So whenever we shoot video and then we create that content. So we create a recap video that we send back to our clients and then we create a slightly different version recap video that is used in my social media. So Facebook, LinkedIn, uh, sometimes we'll grab a minute clip and we'll put it up on Instagram stories. And we'll use these in different areas. And then, of course, on the website, we've got the recaps, the testimonial reels, the sizzle reel, and the speaking reel, and then any additional reels or media that's in there. And then what happens is, because it's out there on social media in different areas, I, I had this happened uh, just a couple of months ago where two people on my social media reached out. They were part of the same company. And they said, are you available tomorrow to speak? We just found out our speaker is sick. And I said, I am available tomorrow, actually. And so I was hired and on a stage in less than 15 hours from the moment of are you available to being on the stage. And it was 15-hour turnaround. And why did that happen? That happened because the people on my social media had seen consistent delivery of my speaking. And while they didn't need it at that moment, when they did need it, they knew who to go to and to ask first because they had seen it. And as, as far as the, uh, the technologies that you use, is there any, uh, any way that you prefer to present video on your site? Uh, you have each video on its own page or do you like uh, overlay that comes up? Do you have things that autoplay or do you think it's better for people to scroll through a list of videos and play the ones they want to play? Yeah, absolutely no autoplay. Like it's just, just like people don't want music coming on right away if they're in their office. Um, it's, it's jarring. So no auto playing of any, if a video auto plays, it, it shouldn't have sound. So if it's maybe a background or those type of things, but those generally lag websites. So people like it because it looks flashy, but it slows load times down. So that's why we have zero auto plays because we want load time to be as quick as possible on the site. Second is that each of the page has a particular video that's associated with it. And those videos are loaded up on our YouTube account and then loaded to our web page from there. So we have our YouTube account from there. And then there's a couple of key things you want to do in the background of making sure how you load it on your site and making sure that it's it, the video, you don't want it to make money. So you don't, you don't need ads on there and you don't want it to recommend videos at the end of your, you just want it to cleanly end. And YouTube has all those tools in the background. And then you, you showcase where they are. So, again, under media, you can have it there. Also, we have our testimonial reels in there. And then whenever somebody's like, if you go to the Hire Me page on my website, you'll see how we've integrated videos throughout the form that says, okay, this is what I do. This is how I do it. This is my presentation. Here's a 10-minute video that gives you an idea of the exact breakdown. 
One of the videos that we created that I haven't seen anywhere else is what we call the explainer video. And it's our keynote explainer video. And that can be seen on my Hire Me page on my website. And the explainer video is me sitting in my office talking about exactly how my keynote works. This is what happens. I come on stage, then I interact with the audience here, and then there's some jokes, and here's a storyline, then there's a video. And I explain the 60-minute keynote, 60 or 75-minute keynote, in this 75-minute video. But here's the thing. The explainer video isn't just a straight shot of me talking. What it does, and this is where the editing comes in, is it shows points at which I'm on stage. It shows if I'm talking about, hey, I'm going to be talking about skydiving, there's a skydiving clip. That's where it goes back to having the library because anytime you want to tell a story or explain something to a potential buyer, when you have the library of footage, you use the video to give people a visual to the auditory that you're talking about. That's a, that's a really great uh, great tip. I've never heard of anybody that had an explainer video like that, and I think that's a brilliant idea. Really, is a brilliant idea. Thank you. If you're listening right now and you don't have an explainer video, definitely go on to Kenyon's website, check it out. I think that uh, that's, a, that's a really great idea. So yeah. Um, what 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 is the uh, best website message for a speaker to have? Ah, this is very, very key. I, I, I like this question a lot because we are all human, but what makes us different is we all believe we have our own personalities. And so we want that personality or that message to be conveyed on the web. And so what shows up is this, hey, this is an image of me portrayed on the web, and hopefully you would like to buy this image that you see because that's who it is. So what happens is you create this website. If you're a data person or a very cognitive person, if you speak about something you're an expert in that is, is very data-driven, your site most likely conveys that you have the knowledge. So there's lots of information there. There is text everywhere, and there's, there are graphs, and there's just like, hey, I am showing you that I am smart and I'm cognitive. If you are a visual person, there will be lots of photos. There will be lots of videos. You will show that the site is visually, aesthetically pleasing. And, it, and, you'll, and, and some, I've seen some women do this. There's some cursive or flowing uh, fonts and things like that, and it's got this great visual feel. And then if you're a kinesthetic person, you want someone who lands on your site to have that feeling, like, oh, it just feels good when they come to this site. Here's the dilemma. We all have these things because there are personalities, but ultimately we have to think about how would the New York Times, how would um, a major news site, or how would a major entertainment site deliver content? And in that regard, it has to be somewhat standardized. You want to use standardized fonts. You want to use standardized layouts so that what happens in there is when somebody gets to your site, it's something they're used to seeing. They're used to seeing that type of thing. So you don't want a crazy font. Even though you resonate with the crazy font, don't go the crazy font. Keep it simple and make Arial times Roman numeral. There, there are studies that show some fonts are much easier to read than others. That's one example. 
Two, you want the, the basic layout to be very simple. Think simplicity is the most powerful. Remember, when someone's showing up to your site, all they're doing is validating the reason they're hiring you or validating that they're like, I heard that this person was good. Let me just check out one video. They check out the video and they go, yep, I saw the site. looks amazing. I get the, I get the idea. So simplicity is key. Makes sense. Um, a lot of people have a website right now. They spent a lot of money on it maybe a few years ago. Is it worth it for people to upgrade their website and incorporate video? Well, how many more stages do they want to be on? So I'll ask anybody listening right now, how many more stages do you want to be on? It is a constant evolving thing. Think about it this way. If you use an iPhone or use a Samsung or whatever, if you have the Model 2 or Model 4 and that's what you're still using, you might say, well, this is what I'm used to. It works. It makes phone calls. I can text from it. It does what I can. But then all of a sudden you upgrade to the iPhone X and you realize, oh, my gosh, the quality is so much more amazing. The photos are unbelievable. Everything is so much faster. That's the difference. People are still trying to use old technologies to get new speaking gigs, new updated stuff. And those old technologies, it's moving so fast right now. There has to be a budget. And I, I, I hear it from speakers all the time where they're like, they try and protect every single dollar they have. If they get $5,000, <laughs> they want to deposit 5000 in their bank account, and they're not going to give any to anybody else, not agencies, not bureaus, not listing sites, nothing. I spoke for five grand. I get paid five grand. I keep five grand. And it's a business, and you have to market your business. And to market, you have to stay up with the latest marketing trends. So the answer is yes. Have the best site that's up to date and incorporate video. Or you know what? The person that is incorporating video and updating their site, they're going to be on stage, and you're going to be wondering why you're not getting as many speaking gigs. <laughs> So uh, when it comes to, to working on that website, um, it can be difficult to find somebody that's good. It can be very difficult anywhere in any job to find somebody yes. that's good. But there are so many people out there that say they, uh, they are website developers or programmers or designers or you know, graphic artists. How do you go about finding the right team for your website? What, what kind of tips do you have for finding the, the uh, people that are going to work out best for you in every way, including the budget? Yeah, for me, it's all about networking. I'd rather work with an unknown, but I know them, meaning I've found them through my own network and I, I can get those referrals than one of those big box website cookie cutter type of template places. Um, and so, yes, WordPress is the most common platform and then understanding someone who knows WordPress. Now there's two sites that are the most powerful and used most often amongst developers and that's Divi websites and or Avada websites. So those are the two. You see them all the time. I, I guarantee you, you've seen hundreds, if not thousands, of sites of those two site brands, which is Divi and Avada, and they're built on WordPress. You need someone that knows and can understand that. And really what you're trying to do is you want not a once-off. 
if you have someone build a once-off for you, then you're stuck with that once-off for five years. Instead, I have someone that I work with that built it, and then he's the person that updates it. And so, for example, this call will be recorded, and then I will update the site with this recording. And then we'll have that link, and we'll have that image of speaker match on there, and it will be there. And so I need to make sure he's on board to be able to constantly update. If I have a new idea, a new video, a new image, a new graphic that I want to switch out because we're always improving, I need someone that can do that. So you want to create a relationship with somebody that you can consistently work with over the years. And what would a reasonable budget be for a speaker who wants to have a uh, webmaster on standby or on retainer? Mm -hmm. I think the answer is it should be proportionate to what you're making as a speaker. Now, if you're starting out new in the speaker industry, yes, there is an upfront cost to open doors. And so the proportion is going to be completely off. You're like, wow, I just spent thousands or tens out, whatever you spent on your branding and your marketing and everything to launch this. It's just like when people pay for speaker coaching, you have to pay up front to be able to get the knowledge to be able to make the next step. Now my budget says I spend roughly 10% um, of my earnings on marketing and website and maybe another 5 to 10% on all my video stuff. And so, oh my gosh, you spend 20% on all that or 15% on all that. I said, well, look at it this way. You can do zero marketing, try and get with a bureau, and they're going to take 25%. Or you can have inbound marketing happening because your website and your videos and everything is amazing, and you spend 15%, and everything's up to date and amazing. That's the better deal. That's the way to go. So you're going to have to spend money somewhere. Why not spend it on yourself and spend it on your own branding and your business. So I think it comes down to that, you know, it's the general rule of thumb. 10% on marketing? Yeah, sure. That that would be a great idea. Would you recommend having somebody on retainer to do those uh, updates? You know, every once in a while you have a you know, new photo or new video, new audio you want to upload, just those kinds of minor tweaks. Have somebody on retainer for that, or do you prefer to pay for that each time you need some kind of update? Uh, you can do one or both. It just depends on your scenario, and you can adjust as you go. You can, you can depends on how often. And again, that's where the website developer will know what your, uh, you know, where you're at and where you want to go, and then they'll have an idea, and you can work it out. Both are good, um, and then you adjust as you go. Well, Kenyon, I know that you offer coaching to help other speakers with all of this. Can you tell us a little bit about? Uh, how your services work and how people can get in touch with you? Absolutely. So if you go to KenyanSalo.com under Hire Me, you'll see speaker coaching. And I, I coach on all kinds of topics. The craft from the stage is really my number one skill set. I also understand the business really well and understand, that, of course, the video side of things and the powerful behind that. Now, I only take on a select few number of clients. I spend most of my time either doing adventures, spending time with my kids, or speaking on stage. But I absolutely want to help a select number of speakers that also want to upgrade their success within the speaking industry and also deliver the best 
messages because you guys are the experts in your field and I can help you be able to deliver that message in a proper way that gets you hired time and time again. So people can find me on KenyanSailor.com under Hire Me. You'll see speaker coaching, fill out the form, jump on a phone call, and my goal is to help you along. But again, it, it's really for those that are committed, people that are willing to not just commit the time. There is a dollar amount there, but it's committing to their own success. And those are the people that I want to help. So, yeah, that's the way that I'll work with a select number of people. All right, great. That's KenyanSalo.com. If anybody wants to get in touch with him, I highly recommend checking him out. Um, if you're not using video on your site, uh, it is probably worth the investment to, uh, you know, in your in your own business, worth the investment in yourself and your own business to have somebody who knows what they're doing work with you on this. It will save you time and money in the long run, and uh, it can really boost your speaking business. Like uh, like Kenyon says, he uh, ten times his bookings by using video, and uh, if you could even do a portion of that. Uh, it's going to be well worth the investment. So I highly recommend that you, uh, you at least investigate that uh, that option and those possibilities because uh, you know we're all trying to to increase our business and ultimately everybody wants to have a sustainable speaking business. Kenyon, before I let you go, I want to give you one final chance to uh, share some closing words of wisdom with our audience. Yes, absolutely, Brian. Thank you so much for having me on. And for every one of our listeners here today, I want to celebrate you because the fact that you took time to listen to this, that means you're willing to do the work to become a better speaker. And as a better speaker, we have the opportunity to impact lives time and time again. So anybody that has chosen the speaking industry as their vehicle to make money, make a living, and impact others through their message, I celebrate each and every one of you. And I'm grateful to be a part of this community. So high fives and celebrations to everybody. Kenyon, thank you so much for joining us. And to our listeners, if you listen to other podcasts, you're probably used to hearing requests for iTunes reviews. These reviews are so important because they really are the fuel that we use to bring on great guests and build our audience. And so I would very much appreciate it. Appreciate it. Uh, if you value today's call or any previous interviews that you've listened to, if you can take just a few minutes to go to iTunes, search for Speaker Match, it'll make it easy, and click the Review tab to let others know what you think. It would really mean so much. Until next time, this is Brian Kaplovitz. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening to this installment of the Speaker Match radio series, Success Strategies for Speakers from the Pros. Speaker Match is the leading provider of tools and services for emerging professional speakers. You can find more information about Speaker Match at www.speakermatch.com. Our toll-free number, if you prefer to reach us by phone, is 1-866-372-8768. International callers can reach us at area code 512-372-8768. Thank you again for listening, and we wish you the best in your speaking career.